Chocolate Talk is now on Patreon. Woohoo! If you're a fan of our show and get value out of our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. There are so many ways we would love to expand the Clit Talk Vampire, like hosting community events, creating inspirational videos, and who knows, maybe even someday go on tour. Patreon is a monthly subscription-based crowdfunding platform. In exchange for your support, we're going to offer you some super sexy VIP experiences. Like we promise you'll have an orgasm every day for the rest of your life. Um, no, sure. We can't promise them that. But we can promise exclusive behind-the-scenes content, private Patreon-only discussion groups, live monthly calls with our cast, and then some. Go to our website, clittalkshow.com, for more information. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today, yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. What is up, Clitorati? Are you percolating from last week's episode, kicking off our series on Christopher Ryan's New York Times bestseller, Sex at Dawn? Because we are. Today, we're going to be talking about this monogamy argument. To be or not to monogamy. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I wrote that. I wrote that. Okay. <laughs> And uh, we decided to bring in a gaggle of men to enhance our conversation today. So please welcome my husband, Ethan. Yeah, me. You impregnated her. Seven seven months, everyone. We're home stretch here. The impregnator. The impregnator. (laughs) (laughs) I.E. father. Sugar's husband, Austin. Silver Fox in the house. And then we have newcomers. Malachi is in the house. John Shelton is in the house. Orlando is in the house. And Billy from Man Whore Podcast. Straight out of Brooklyn. (laughs) And as we mentioned last week, one of the first things to go when agriculturalism showed up on the scene was fun, you know, including having sex with whoever you wanted to, whenever you wanted to. Community-driven societies were labeled as sinful and barbaric. Then the ownership model was implemented where men would marry women to essentially own them as, as chattel. Ryan points out how messy this is in our world today with rampant infidelity, sky-high divorce rates, and a society ashamed, to be honest, about wanting anything outside of traditional monogamous relationships. Knowing what we know now, some of us have read the book, some of us haven't, but it doesn't matter because some of us are also in monogamish relationships and monogamous relationships. So um, real talk, what do we all think? Is lifelong traditional monogamy just some outdated bullshit? I mean, it just should be your choice. Uh, I think I think the big thing is people need to know they have a choice. A lot of people like do monogamy by default. Uh, yeah. And rather, it should be a choice just like non-monogamy is. Just most people don't realize that they have the choice. Well, it's, it's so frowned upon. It's so taboo it's still in our culture today. But yeah, I agree with you. I think it is a choice. And I think, you know, statistically, there's been a lot of studies that women are actually the ones that have a lot of, like, more issues with monogamy because 
the monotony of like the same man is like what kills a woman's libido like real quickly. I mean, if I had to date men too, I'd also get tired of us quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have something to say, Ethan? I do. I mean, I think what you said is totally right, Billy. Um, you know, to each his own. But I also think that monogamish relationships and polyamory sounds like a really good idea. And it sounds like an enlightened society filled with people who are, you know, sexually permissive and like, I don't know, more developed, civilized, should be able to have polyamorous relationships without, you know, injuring the other parties. But I just think when, when it comes down to the, where the rubber meets the road, it's it's just doesn't work that way. I, I think for me, um, what I've seen, especially being in the gay world, is that um, there is a spectrum, um, and the relationships that are monogamish that are really working are those that have a lot of trust, have been together for a while, and have made agreements and are choosing after making those agreements. And to your point, Ethan, I think that it can be a slippery road. I've seen a lot of couples also that started to open up and they're no longer together. So I think there's got to be some some conversations and some agreements going in. Well, in this room, how many of us had predominantly monogamous relationships? Okay, yeah, so that's so, all of us. How well, many in me. this room uh, right Billy, now? Billy's hand isn't raised. Billy, yeah, and I, I won't fall for are, that monogamy trick yeah. again. I think <laughs> I think part of it too is I'm like 20 fucking five years old. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know yet. Um, and I got married at 23 and have been in, that's my longest monogamous relationship, but now it's monogamish. I'm kind of an anomaly. Don't include me in these numbers. I mean, I think I'm a mon- kind of an anomaly as well. I was in long-term monogamous relationships since I was in the eighth grade. Like my... Boyfriends were always long term. Are we going to talk about, about anomalies? Years. Really? I mean, I'm 19. I find the dude. I marry him. He's my first lover, and I'm with him for 25 years. Yeah. So nowadays, that kind of is an anomaly, right? People yeah. are usually out mm. by like seven, ten, maybe fifteen. For sure. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I think as we're living longer. And women are able to kind of pull their own resources. We really do have choices. And with that, now we aren't attached to the man for the resources. I'm not sure in gay relationships where the resource subject comes in. I'm sure it's there too, right, John? So I think it has a lot to do with economics too. And of course, yeah, how you were raised. that's the problem with all these rights. Uh, y'all have choices now. Damn it. I got to work on Fuck. Well, I mean, so here's, I mean, and we have this situation in this room. So I'm sort of posing this to Ethan. And also I'd love to hear from Sugar and Austin. What do you do when there is a woman who wants to be married to a man, but is also truly bisexual? Do you have her just shove down who she truly is and not explore like half of her sexuality because society says it's not okay? I I mean, somebody who's bisexual means that they're, Attracted to both men and women, but that has nothing to do with polyamory versus monogamous relationships. Just because mm-hmm. you like, you're attracted to somebody else. Like, I've been married for almost five years. That doesn't mean that I'm not attracted to other females, but it's not going to change how I interact with them. I'm staying monogamous. I don't, I don't think that that has anything to do with who you're attracted to. Uh, you know, the monogamous, non-monogamous. 
I don't know. So this is how Sugar and I started. Uh, I got curious about what it was like for her to have an interest in women. Because I don't have, personally, I don't have an interest in men, but what would it be like for her? I know. John's like, damn! <laughs> John is very disappointed right now. <laughs> oh. uh, so that, that's how we started down the monogamish road. We've, I've always known myself to be monogamous. Um, I've never even thought about doing anything other than that. Uh, but it was the communication that started us down that road. And really, I think what's outdated um, is not necessarily monogamy, but the communication in a relationship that might be outdated. And once we started going down that road, um, we started being able to share all kinds of things and, and, and our communication opened up and I was able to share things with her that I never was able to share with other women in the past. So, Yeah, you know, B- Billy Proceda here. I, uh, I have an issue with the term monogamish. <laughs> Why? Because it seems just... A lot, it just doesn't seem nece- doesn't seem to make sense because like monogamy is a thing. It, it's similar with asexuality. It's like monogamy is at the far end of a spectrum of things. It's like you are or you aren't monogamous. If if you have a threesome like on your anniversary every year, you're not monogamous. You are just most of the time you don't engage in your non-monogamy, but you are non-monogamous. So even if you're like you know a couple where say one person's bisexual and only that person is allowed to go and explore that one uh, that other gender, whatever. That's still non-monogamous. Just like you, it just all non-monogamous relationships are not a free for all. They all have rules, and some people the rules are to this, or some it's to that, or some it's like do whatever you want, use a condom. Uh, so I just always had an issue sure. with monogam with monogamous because it's as if it's saying, oh, we just want people to still think we're normal, but it's like you're not monogamous. Like I say, own it and like make it more normal. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. So I think the monogamish term came from there was a book that came out. That was called yeah, monogamish. I, yeah, and it's I, didn't, been, I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got that. But I, I hear what you're saying. It's like in 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 saying I'm monogamish, it's like you're saying that there's you're almost saying like what I hear like that there's something wrong with being non-monogamous. Yeah, don't lump me in with those crazy yeah. freaks over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really hear what you're saying. And and I want to comment on what Lindsay, you said, Austin, what you said, and Billy, what you said. So one, right off the gate, being uh being someone who's non-monogamous, I really hear you, Billy, around owning the fuck out of it instead of hiding behind being monogamous. Because let me tell you something, we don't just have threesomes on our anniversary. <laughs> okay. Nice. Nice. So we're not monogamous. Uh, <laughs> um, we have them every Wednesday for hump day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like that. Just maybe like the second to last episode of Game of Thrones this season, we totally had someone come over, but that's besides the point. So uh, I think that um, there's there's a this is also going back to what you said, Ethan. That there can be a, a right or wrong way to do it. Almost like there's there's a right or wrong to monogamy and also to polyamory. And what we know is that communication is the only thread that's going to have a monogamous relationship work or a non-monogamous relationship work. So mm-hmm. am I bisexual? Yeah, I like I like people. There's I like gay guys, honestly. Those are my favorite. John, you're in love. I know. Like I wish like, gay guys like me too. And so I just like people that so I have a vibrational match to. You would fuck. Yeah, I, I we we would have sex, right? I know. Um, <laughs> 
So like, that tequila? <laughs> I don't know. Matt, Sugar tried to have sex with our guest who was asexual on the show. She's like, come on. like You do it like one time with me. She was like, yeah, no, I'm really not into it. It was really turning me on because I was like, she didn't want it. It was, and like, I was like the ultimate challenge. It was the <laughs> ultimate challenge like to fuck an asexual mm-hmm. person. No, but uh, it, 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 you know, one thing that's really crazy is uh, once we opened that door around bisexuality and me being able to express that, I thought it was weird that what, so he can't, like, he likes women, so he can't also be with women? Like, so he's not gay, so that means, oh, he can only be with me. But I'm bisexual, so I can be with my husband and be with any female? How does that make any sense? Because he likes women. And um, and what started to evolve was, like, I'm at this phase right now where, like, I don't really care about pussy. I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I had a lot of it in my face recently, and, like, I'm not in craving it, you know? And I've actually been had a heightened sensation to like being more attracted to men recently and even more so like my husband. So I think it it's really fluid and to just look at this as a spectrum of monogamy to polyamory and everything the fuck in between. Uh, you know, going back to the question, is it outdated? Austin, I couldn't agree with you more. It's not that monogamy is outdated, it's that our limited communication is outdated. <laughs> I think I think when we say monogamish, this is what it means to me anyway. It, I'm saying that I'm committed to the relationship. And so if I'm saying I'm non-monogamous, Ooh. it doesn't really land with me because Ooh. that's saying I can just be with anybody. I can't see his face, so I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, it's all right. The poly guy's got, got a retort, but I do want to hear you. Uh, I forgot where I was at. You were saying you're like committed to the relationship, but that doesn't mean non-monogamous or poly people aren't committed to their relationships. Right. When I'm non-monogamous, uh, I'm ve- like, and I'm in love with, like, that doesn't mean I don't love them. It doesn't mean I don't take her seriously. Uh, that's definitely a, a, a roadblock in my dating life is that a a lot of people, a lot of women who I try to date, well, they think, oh, he's not monogamous. I want to casually see him, but like this will never get serious. No, oh. I can feel, I can love, I can be serious, I can take you seriously, I can prioritize you and want to and fuck other people uh, or do whatever's within the guidelines of the relationship. So I think that's a common misconception is that non-monogamous means not serious and not at all. I, I do think, though, that the the... It sounds like from what Austin's saying is that, and, and actually I kind of agree that monogamy is an absolute and it is one side of a spectrum. And it sounds like you're kind of defining the other end of the spectrum. And it sounds to me like what Austin is saying is that he's kind of somewhere in the middle. And, yeah, and that's what really that monogamous term, term is. It's almost like we're just making up, it's like we're making another box, not like I we're intending to do that. Go ahead. I'm interested in how many people in this room other than Sugar and Austin and Billy have had non-monogamous, transparent, respectful relationships. I have. Okay. Yeah, I have. Anyone else? What, no, what, never. So, so the question is, if, if non-monogamy is so good, then why aren't more people doing it? But I don't think this is a good or bad conversation. I don't think exactly, we can categorize yeah. it. Like, yeah. This is good. Well, that's and not this my is point. Good. It's it's not that one is better than the other. I don't think. I think I think the conversation I didn't here say it was better. Oh. If non-monogamy is good, is fun, is healthy, why aren't more people doing it? I'm not saying that it's not or it is. 
But if it is, why aren't more people doing it? So many people, you know, there's, I guess, a few people who think playing hockey is really fun. If hockey's really fun for them, why isn't hockey really fun for everyone? I think it's a dumb sport. It's not fun for me, but it's fun for a lot of people. And that's great for them. It kind of comes back to choice. Mm-hmm. I think and it's it, a cu- cultural thing too. Like you're, you just, you didn't see your parents doing this type of thing, and you want to, you know, everybody has that those those things that they're they're stuck in in their family dynamics and things like that. They don't they don't when they grow up they want to sort of do the things that their parents their parents showed them, and mm-hmm. and um, it's not it's not comfortable for them to to break out in that way. You know, I, where are you right now in your relationship? For me, I'm in a committed relationship with with a woman that I met in an orgasmic meditation group. And so you go into the group and it's all about uh I don't know I don't know if anybody knows what orgasmic meditation is. We're all you very familiar. We have a podcast called Clit Talk. Yeah, yeah. We know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but should I explain oh, it? Yes, it definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For our <laughs> listeners, if um, you did in a nutshell, yeah. just kind of share what it is. So it's a, a 15-minute meditative practice where you're stroking the woman's clitoris and um, you have complete attention on the woman's vagina and uh, she chooses to have a climax or she cries or she just processes it in her her own way and uh, there's uh, all these benefits that the woman gets and the man gets from doing this this thing together you know you have you have these latex gloves on. It's it's time. There's a lot of rails around it, so the woman the woman feels safe, and um, so. But also, it's something I started uh, just to get some healing around a breakup that I had uh, in the past. And uh, one thing that that community is really good at is is listening to each other and and supporting each other. So it was for me, it was a great experience for healing from a past relationship. And I was so scared of getting into a relationship where, where then I was going to have to, uh, to uh, be non-monogamous or expand my range and, and uh, be with somebody that wanted to be polyamorous because that's not something that traditionally that I want to do. But um, so now I feel like I'm, I'm in a position now to where she wants to do this orgasmic meditation with other people in the community and it's a little bit it's a little bit out of my range and the other thing is that she doesn't want me to uh to do to do that with anyone else and to let her do it and not me and so that's one thing i always say is like well you know if you're gonna ask me to do this i at least feel comfortable with me doing it so uh maybe that will balance things out well and i think that can be so uh, i have to answer your question tamiko i think that religion has a huge influence on on today's society and that's why more people there's been this this shame culture around anything that doesn't fit into like the catholic church <laughs> for like centuries and and the, and the patriarchy has really conditioned us to believe that women don't have, you know, we talked about in previous episodes, like low libidos or don't care about sex. Or we're here just to serve the men. And I think, and we know from history that there have been very, very matriarchal cultures where there or and tribal cultures where it was not a big deal. I think a lot of people's hangups with non-monogamy is they think they're going to be jealous or it's inviting in fear. And I can say from personal experience, the first time I had a non-monogamous experience, I was really concerned about the jealousy. And then when it happened, my personal experience was, oh, that was it. Like, 
it what like you make it so much more worse in your mind than the actual experience. Mm-hmm. And for me, it actually opened up communication and it had me feel desired in a way like the the woman that we had brought in was seeing me in a new light. It actually reinvigorated. He was like, yeah, you are fucking magical and amazing. Like it was actually a very positive experience. Now, do I think it's for everybody? Fuck no. I don't think a lot of people can handle it. And do I think that, and do I think that it's the easiest way to do a relationship? No, not necessarily. But I do think that people who want to choose this should know that it's, that they are still normal. Yeah. And that it's okay. Yeah. And that there's communities out there that are, uh, that you can get support from and, and thrive with. So that it makes it more of a choice, like Billy was saying at the beginning. It, it is a choice. You can go into monogamy choosing that, knowing that you have other options. Agreed. And I love um, talking about the fact that it is really, um, it's a label we're labeling if we're putting, making it monogamish or monogamous. It's really what you're choosing now in your relationship. And based on what you're choosing now, what is, and the choice you make, what's the impact of that choice and are you having those conversations around the impact or what could happen and to your point Lindsay what as we talk about religion I'm a recovered Catholic <laughs> and, um, I, um, and I see the shame and the relationship to sexuality that religion has made for me I had the opportunity to speak to a young woman today um, I'm not today, I'm this weekend around what have you, and she's 18 years old. And I asked her, what have you been taught about sex in your life? And she said, well, the first time I heard about sex was in health class and it was automatically linked to birth control. Mm -hmm. So then I asked her about her first experience and she shared that, um, you know, it was not what she thought it was going to be. And what it boiled down to was there was no communication with the other guy and that the one thing that she's looking for is that vulnerability and that connection in sex and we're not taught that in society well we're taught about birth control but we're not taught about pleasure or how to ask for what we want why the fuck aren't they teaching that in health class Mm -hmm. that seems like a pretty you know it's like just don't get pregnant We're still trying to figure out our pleasure. Hey there, Clitorati. It's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk and they were an overwhelming yes. So now you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough. So do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. So I want to know to some of the gentlemen, the heterosexual. I'm just leaving you out for a second. A second. A second. One second. Okay. Um, would you, could you see yourself married to the love of your life, have a couple kids, and have more joy in your life if you had a side chick and your wife was totally cool with it? 
Of course. I have multiple friends in well, like not only just for me, I have multiple friends like in my in my scene who are married and do have kids. Now having kids, like I got this one couple who I'm very good friends with and they go to the play party that I go to and they just don't go as often because sometimes they can't always get a sitter or they gotta, you know, take the kids out or you know so it sometimes is a practical thing, but it's the same thing as trying to get a date night in when you're monogamously married with your significant other. It sometimes it just gets more difficult logistically, but doesn't mean like you have to like not have that situation. All right. And this is Malachi. Um, I do think that it would probably enhance the relationship if we had open communication about what rules and we could create whatever we wanted to versus sticking to what our parents taught us. All I saw is my parents, they're, they're doing great. They're like 36 years married. And I always wanted that. But uh, I did orgasmic meditation as well. <laughs> and I met a woman that I eventually became like the third in their relationship. And to see how happy he was that she was getting pleasure, he was like buying me things. And like he was so nice. And I, I did blew my mind. And then she was upset because he didn't have someone. And that's kind of where I think I discovered what love really is, is she just wanted to see him happy. And then he finally got a girl that was gorgeous, by the way. And I thought this woman was going to be jealous, but she was just happy, like genuinely happy. So I kind of want that, not going to lie. No, I feel we, like call that, we call that compersion. Yes. Compersion. Yes. Well, I think, I think also the thing is, I think a lot of people collapse Love, sex, and intimacy. Agreed. They're not all the same thing. You can love someone and have great sex with someone else. You can have intimacy and not love the person. They're not all the same thing. And yeah, so like true. when I see, when I, when I would see my partner having sex, I'm like, I, I know they're not leaving me. They're coming home with me. And then we're having the hottest sex of our lives for the next week. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. You go. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, it's, they're not mutually exclusive. And just like marriage and monogamy have been collapsed. <laughs> when, when the fuck did we collapse those two things? You know, and so, uh, and I, I want to just speak to your point, Malachi, like recently, I will share from personal experience. Uh, my husband, Austin, and I uh, met this chick at a play party and it happened to be the first play party where I said, you can do whatever the fuck you want. We don't even have to hang out at this party. I just want you to do you. Um, and I have a personal, like, sacred thing with myself where I like to be a makeout slut at parties and I actually play out this thing that I never got to do in high school because I was the floor in high school. <laughs> I was M-slut. <laughs> and and really that um, constantly triggered me to, like, fuck guys, like, the second I they were into me. And so now I'm playing out this whole thing where I'm just this total makeout slut, this total little kitten. <sighs> and, I mean, guys are like, can I touch you? And I'm like, no. And and that's and it's so healing for me to be in that place. So I'm at this party. That's my context. I'm telling my husband he can do whatever the fuck he wants, including penetration. Right? I'm not oh, even. Oh, you're awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, as someone who also loves making out, like that is awesome. It's the shit, you're man. Great. And this is going to get even better for you, man horse. So we meet this girl. And she's adorable, and I, she was the first girl I made out with that night. Her and my husband kind of, they had a connection, and we were going, we decided that we should definitely hang out again, right? Busy schedules, several weeks go by. I think this is like, this happened the end of February, and it was just so like three months, and we finally book a date that works for everyone's schedules, because we all live in LA, and 
time is hard to find, a, you know, a, a common time for everyone. Finally, three months later, the spark's still there. We finally hang out. She comes over to watch Game of Thrones two weeks ago. Okay. And I set this up. I was like the logistics bitch on this threesome. I set this up and it wasn't even for me. I didn't want to fuck her. I didn't really care. I'm like, she's cool. She's smart. I'm excited to connect. I'm doing this for my husband because she's so fucking into my husband. Like, how can I not watch this? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And so in the moment of setting it up, I wasn't wanting it, but I was thinking about what experience he was going to have on the other side of that, of having two women that are beautiful, loving on him and bowing to his cock. And that made me happy. And then when we were in the act of the threesome, I still wasn't like getting off on her, but what I was getting excited about was seeing how happy he was. Now, here's the crazy thing. I sound like a guy, right? The next day after the threesome, my husband and I weren't physically intimate together. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. I would think he would be super turned on. And then, I hope this is okay that I'm saying this. The next day after that, two days later, again, it didn't happen. There wasn't any, like, he wasn't coming on to me, like, before bed. And I had to take a moment, and I was like, this is what I fucking hate about being in a non-monogamous relationship. And I had to say the thing that was there in my, like, heart. Like, it was like I was going to choke on it in my sleep if I didn't say something. And I said to him, I was like, you know, I realize another boundary. And what that is, is that when we have threesomes, I would really love to be sexually intimate with you the next day to kind of close that and complete that experience with that third person and come back into our bodies together. That's fantastic. (laughs) I actually had a question for Austin. So when Sugar told you, she kind of initiated this non-monogamous lifestyle that you were monogamous before this, right? Mm -hmm. So when she said, go do whatever you want at the play party, did you want to go do whatever you wanted? Was that freeing for you or was it challenging for you? That's a really good question because on the way there, we were talking about boundaries. And since getting into this kind of lifestyle, I actually don't, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what my boundaries were. I didn't know what was interesting to me. And we had been to a couple of parties before. So I'd kind of gotten to know like what I kind of, what I'm, what I like. Um, and it's not what I thought. And this is what was surprising. The first party went to, my eyes were open. Like, wow, I'm not into what I thought. I'm actually attracted to this. And it might be somebody's vibration. It's not even how they look. And I didn't know that. Um, so a lot opened up for me. And I realized, and this is probably the case for a lot of people, they don't even know. They've never had the experience. They did not even thought about what they would actually get pleasure from. So when, when we were going there, I remember saying, for me, it's not okay for her to have penetration at this point in time. That doesn't mean it won't be like that tomorrow. But right now, I'm not okay with it. And I said, I'm not okay with that. And she's like, I don't even need that. In fact, I, this is going to be cool because now it's not even a thing on the table. But then she turned around and said, well, you can do whatever you want. And then I was like, whoa, what does that, what does that mean? <laughs> so then I was confirmed with, wow, I can actually do whatever I want. What do I actually want? And, I, and penetration actually wasn't even what I was interested in. It was more the connection with certain people. And that's, that's how that came about. In fact, the night we had the threesome, that, was, it, that wasn't even on the table. Penetration wasn't on the table. Um, so it's, I've noticed it's not necessarily the most important thing to me. What's so funny about listening to Sugar and Austin is that, of course, there's a part of me that's like a little jealous, right? And then there's another part of me that believes that ignorance is bliss. Mm. Because I was married in the mid-80s, 
and my parents were together and my husband's parents were together, those 25 years, not once did I think of cheating. And if I was attracted to a man, that's fine, you know, but there was no act on it because that was not in my mind. And I think biologically, we can talk about being non-monogamous, but when you have kids, Mm. right, there's a resource that's really needed. There's someone you need to have your back when shit goes bad when you're having kids. And I think this biological need to make sure that this small community, this small tribe that we're creating is good, right? Even for men in Sex at Dawn, it clearly states that why do men want women to be monogamous? Well, because they don't know for sure who the father is. Now we can do DNA tests, but who the hell as a man wants to raise a kid, spend all that money, send him to college and find out that's not his? Because the whole point of our biological urge is to procreate and have a legacy. But now we're evolving mentally. Mm. Women are having their own resources. Um, you know, people are more sexually expressive. We get it that we like sexual pleasure and we like We're not always into familiarity. Mm. We like things that are new. And like we keep saying on and on, it's not about right or wrong. It's not about one way is better than the other. It's all about communication at the end of the day. Yeah, I'd just like to point, just put Mm -hmm. this in there because we talked a lot about this polyamorous stuff. And like as the monogamous guy in the room here. um, (laughs) (laughs) What a square. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, um, I feel like my experience dating before I met Katie and just dating around and having, you know, different people I was hanging out with or whatever, like that was a lot of fucking work. Like to maintain a marriage and to maintain a monogamous relationship takes a lot of fucking work. The idea of adding somebody else that like, I'm gonna have an emotional connection with the person. Not We're not just fucking, adding to somebody, you're just gonna fuck to it. Okay, that makes sense. But if you're talking about an emotional connection with a third person, I'd be like, Fuck that. So bad. <laughs> I, would, I would agree with you. I'm not interested in the... Uh, I'm, this is Austin. Yeah. I, it, for me, it's... I don't want another relationship. And that's just me. That's what I choose. Because yeah. like, I'm for a me, pain in the ass. Is, yes. <laughs> for sure. But we're yeah. all pains yeah. in the ass. It's like yeah. A relationship is like a garden you have to constantly water and trim yes. and take care of and manage. And it's not on one front it's on all fronts and like i think with katie starting this podcast with you guys and like really bringing it to life we've kind of grown sexually as well and just like you guys are all exploring new parts of your sexuality and with other partners we're doing that with ourselves and there's plenty of room to expand in that department it's not like we we don't need to go to third people Fourth people, sex part, none of that stuff is is necessary for us to grow sexually. We can still do that. Yeah, I actually really feel that because I've experienced the most incredible sex of 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 my life with Austin. Um, actually, in these periods of not going and doing activities in the open community, and it almost was like we forgot we were going, and we're like, should we go to a sex party soon? We haven't done that in a while <laughs> because it has it's so invigorating when you just look at like what you can create with your partner, and it actually is never ending, and mm-hmm. it's really beautiful what you guys have created in your monogamous relationship, mm-hmm. um, and I can see it just like when I see Katie every week and she's glowing and she's like a completely different person. So you guys have definitely like Mm -hmm. done the work as monogamous couples to 
not just keep it alive, but like re-fucking invent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you. Making monogamy you. hot again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are we are making monogamy hot again. <laughs> <laughs> so for our you know people who are listening for the first time, like I started this show not enjoying sex and never masturbating, and now that is like my life is totally different because of this show. So um, a sexual she's late to a lot of stuff now committed. that she's jerking off more. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and, they, and they got pregnant at a sex party. We did the one sex party we ever went to. I got pregnant. And we're very happy about it. We just needed to free ourselves up a little bit. Yeah. Um, But there was something that um, Austin said earlier about um, when you were given that permission to go do whatever you wanted to do. And you're like, what do I want to do? And there's like that fear there of like, I don't know what I want. And you, and some people don't allow themselves to experience that fear. And for you, it's with someone else. But for me, it was at the fucking sex party that I went to where I was just so fearful to be there where I like, No crying at sex parties, but that's this guy was like waving his dick around. Thanks for the heart, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) He's like sending me a Skype heart. I don't know what to do. Oh my god! I like that. I feel you. I love that. But this guy's like waving his dick around, and I literally was so afraid that. I started crying and I was like, <laughs> we got to get out of here. I got to go. And, and, and then, and, and Ethan was just like, so generous. He's like, okay, so let's, let's go. And I was, and then through tears, I'm like, well, should we at least have sex first? <laughs> 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 this story never gets old. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so there, there, your baby shower. So I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, my family from Michigan is going <laughs> to turn red um so i think with whether it's a polyamorous relationship or a monogamous relationship exploring and pushing your boundaries with sex and sexuality is just overall healthy as long as conversation as long as you're in communication and it's it's fun to push your boundaries it doesn't necessarily mean you need to invite someone new in you know you can find plenty with your monogamous partner as well i just want to watch you guys <laughs> like just like take it. There what were people, are you guys fucking doing? There were people watching us there. That was kind of <laughs> That's true. Uh, weird. <laughs> I um hi, this is John. I think what's interesting here, and I want to acknowledge it with the couples in the um in the room, is the communication. Because being a gay man in West Hollywood, what I'm present to is when I'm having sex with guys. And you ask them, what are you into or what do you like? And you really want to understand it's beyond just I'm a top, I'm a bottom, I'm a verse bottom, I'm a verse top. They're People are into kink, but they have no... Then you say, well, tell me more. And they stop. There's nothing that's really... I I find that a lot of people aren't able to self-express what they're interested in and what they want to explore. And to your point about your relationship, you have lots of room for growth still. Mm -hmm. That I think if people are open to what they want to talk about and what really turns you on or... And have mm-hmm. then I th- believe most people will be having much better sex, mm-hmm. um, and the world will be a happier place. Mm-hmm. Billy, or or what's even worse? You ask, oh, what are you into? And they're like, oh, like everything. And then it's like, really? <laughs> I've I have the internet. I can find a few things you're not into. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. oh, so golden <laughs> shower. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I think one of the most common, like probably one of the most common answers I 
end up giving for advice questions that come into the show is like just ask your fucking partner like do that and they're like i don't know that's scary i'll be like then it's your person like you ask them and they're just like terrified to do it but that's the person who has the answer like no advice columnist no podcast like ladies no one's got the answer for what your person's into other than your person um and then those people need to also like buck up and be like yeah this is what i'm into and stop fucking like dancing around it i'm gonna tell you what i'm working towards Mm. tell us tammy Mm. because i've done you know the marriage the long-term marriage i've done the playing around fucking around being with a different person three nights in a row you know whatever Right now, I would really like to have three men. I call it three. I call it three division. <laughs> three dicks. Three division. Yeah, Not at the same time. And John. Each of the men like to do different activities, so they're like my real boyfriends. Each of them, and they all know what's happening. But they're not fucking around, so I don't get any this diseases. Fantastic. This is my fantasy. 3D vision. Can you listen for it, everyone? Why don't you just I'm listening for it? Yeah. And so like I've I've done both non-monogamy and monogamy. And I recently just got out of my relationship. And we were non-monogamous. And I honestly don't know what the next relationship holds, but I'm open. And the reason our relationship didn't end for any monogamy or non-monogamy reasons. It was totally different reasons. And now that I'm saying, because it sort of developed in the middle of our relationship and it was sort of like a need for him. So I was kind of like thrust into the opportunity, like willingly, (laughs) but kind of just like, I don't think I would have sought, sought it out. But now being where I'm at, I have open ground to create whatever I want. And I think I could easily go either way, honestly. Yeah, I think as long as like you be the role model for all of us and generations to come, that when you get in a relationship, it's not automatic monogamy. I'm so sick of that. Oh, we're in a relationship. Will you be my girlfriend? And it's automatic monogamy. No, like creating it. Like, hey, Preach. what's <laughs> so don't get me started, bro. But like, yeah, you know, just just really create it going into it and like it's not monogamy and it's not polyamory. It's just you're my person and you're hot and I really like you and you really like me and what do we want to build from here? So uh, thank you so much for everyone for being here. Um, this was definitely a tantalizing conversation. I, th- I think what we're all left with is choice, right? Like there's no right or wrong answer. There's a whole spectrum to this conversation and, you know, a lot of people feel very strongly about it. And communication, yeah, communication is key. So we right. really want to give a very special thank you out to Billy from the Man Whore Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Man Whore. Billy, where yeah, can yeah. people find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Billy Presida. That's P-R-O-C-I-D-A. And you can find the Man Whore Podcast wherever you listen to Clit Talk. Uh, just search uh, Man Whore, that's one word, and uh, my dumb face pops right up. All right, any last words for the Clitorati before we sign off? Uh, Our relationship is whatever two, three, four, or 12 people want that one relationship to be. Straight from Billy. There you go, guys. There you go. We will see you next Tuesday. Thank you so much. Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe, but only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if we're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, It's very much appreciated and thank you.